Yo, this is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. We are up to episode number 92. Can't believe it. We're going to be hitting episode 100 before you know it. It's been a long time coming. All right, let's kick things off. I hope you enjoyed the themed episode, which was episode 91. This one's going to be more of a standard episode, a nice mix of things here. So let's start it off fast and furious. You know I like to do that. So we're going to jump to Finland here. This band's been around since 1990. And I know I've played them at least twice on older uh, episodes of the podcast. But uh, they got a new one coming out. So I want to I wanna spread the word a little bit. So that band is Impaled Nazarene. And they really uh, do not ever disappoint. Um, I really enjoy their whole discography. I actually recently revisited the entire discography just to kind of refresh my memory on some of their older albums and stuff. And um, they're just so good. I just love the energy. They're just kind of a fun fun listen, that's for sure. But they're coming out with a new album on uh, May 28th, so it's coming up very, very soon, called Eight-Headed Serpent. That's their 13th record, and it's their first one uh, since 2014, so it's been a while here. They've kind of slowed down. They used to release an album every year or two, um, and then recently uh, they've, you know, kind of spent three years, four years in between albums, so it's a little more spread out now. But uh, this is being released through Osmos Productions, which is where they've been for uh, their entire career, I believe. But they have released a couple of singles off of this new one, and... um, this one is my favorite of the of the new stuff they've leaked out so far, but I'm definitely going to be all over this album whenever it gets released, and I'll be checking out the whole thing, of course. But yes, this just sets the tone nicely for the episode. Fast and Furious, just quintessential Impaled Nazarene. So here we go, off of the new album, Eight-Headed Serpent. This is Impaled Nazarene with Goat of Mendes. Burning 
there we have it that is impaled nazarene with goat of mendes uh yeah there's they don't throw a whole lot of surprises at you but that's kind of the point they have their sound and they confidently stick to it on every album and uh, i'm really looking forward to this next one i really like their last one a lot uh, all right we're jumping to sweden here this is a classic gothenburg swedish death metal band that is At The Gates. They existed from 1990 up until 96, and then they kind of uh, had a little reunion thing going in 07, 08, and then they uh, reformed again in 2010, and they've been active ever since. So, they are coming out with a new record on July 2nd through Century Media. It's going to be their seventh album overall. It's called The Nightmare of Being, and uh, they've been kind of working on this periodically throughout the pandemic year last year. And uh, it's all finished now. They finally released uh, the first single off of it. So I made sure to check it out right away. And it's, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I really did not like the first album they did uh, when they reformed, which came out in, I don't know, I can't even remember when it came out, but um, it was called At War With Reality. Really didn't do much for me at all. Um, and then the last album, uh, To Drink From The Night itself, was better, had a really kind of strange production, but uh, I did like the album better, I thought the songs were just better. Um, I do think that Thomas Lindbergh's vocals are kind of shot. Um, on the last album, they pretty much had this effect on his voice at all times that just kind of, it wasn't distortion per se, but it just kind of was this effect that kind of made his vocals sound a little more rough, I guess, because they're sounding a little bit strained these days. It's a far cry from how he sounded in the 90s, that's for sure, which is to be expected. I mean, he's not a young kid anymore, but um, yeah, the production on this new single is uh, much more punchy and clear and clean, and uh, the downside of that is that he can, there's less for his vocals to hide behind, you know what I mean? So you're kind of hearing his vocals... Uh, you know, right out in the open there, and you can kind of hear hear them for what they are, and they're not great. But um, overall, the song, I think the intro drags on a little too long, but the song isn't bad, but it's just not great either. It didn't blow me away, but uh, I'm definitely still going to check out the record whenever it comes out, of course. Um, but yeah, this, this is your first taste. So... Here we go off of their new album, The Nightmare of Being. This is At the Gates with Spectre of Extinction.
at the gates with specter of extinction uh again it's not a bad song but it just didn't really blow me away all that much um i will say this new album is the first one in which uh guitarist jonas stahlhammer will be contributing to the songwriting and things like that of course he is probably best known for being a guitar player in god macabre uh, he also was the front man for the crown for one album I believe that was Doomsday King uh, was the album that he sang on. He's a good vocalist, but uh, he had like no stage presence <laughs> as a singer live. It was very he's used to playing guitar, so it just very very much so looked like he didn't know didn't know what to do with himself up there really, but um but yeah, so I'm interested to see, you know, upon listening to the full album here uh, kind of what he brings to the table for At the Gates. Uh all right. We're going to stay in Sweden here. This band's been around since 04, and they uh, are excellent. Like, I, I heard the name, and I thought it was just kind of a goofy-sounding name and never really checked them out for a, a, quite a while, and then finally did maybe maybe two years ago. I, I played something of theirs um, on the podcast maybe two years ago. The band is Netherbird, and... These days they have uh, Frederick Anderson, the former drummer of uh, Amana Marth. Uh, he's been there for the last album, and now he's uh, on this new one as well. This will be his uh, second album with them. They have six albums overall. They're coming out with a new one. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but it's spelled A-R-E-T-E. Already? Arete? <laughs> I'm not sure. But uh, that album is coming out on uh, July 30th through uh, Eisenwald Records. And they released their first single, a bit of a lengthy one, not too terribly long, but it's about seven minutes. But it's a great song. For those of you who don't know them, it is kind of, kind of, 
death metal kind of has some black metal tinges to it, but for the most part, it's just good melodic, guitar-driven metal. I don't know. I don't really know how else to describe it, but um, they they sound Swedish, so that should <laughs> that should tell you something. Uh, the Swedes they definitely uh, have mastered you know melodic guitar work in their death metal. That's for sure. But um, but yeah, they're they're unique uh, in that genre. I think so. Here we go. Off of their new album, uh, Arit is what I'm gonna say. I don't, I don't know how it's pronounced. I'm gonna have to Google that or something. This is Netherbird with Towers of the Night.
Alright. That was Netherbird with Towers of the Night. Uh, during that downtime, I looked up how to pronounce that word, and it is a Greek word, and it's pronounced arati. Arati. So that means, like, excellence and virtue is, uh, is what it translates to. So yes, should have done that research before I introduced the song, <laughs> but better late than never. Uh, Alright, we're jumping to Germany here. Uh, this band existed from 86 to 03, and then disbanded, and then now they exist uh, from 2011 up till now. They're still going, but the current version, the only original member is the vocalist. But they're still putting out good stuff. That band is Protector. And they, their first couple of albums in the 80s are kind of the fan favorites, and with good reason. Um, some really just good energy on those records, and uh, I love the production. It's not crystal clear at all, but it just suited the music uh, really well. It was just lo-fi and just dirty enough uh, to kind of complement those riffs. But um, I'm going to play something off of the debut. The debut's called Gollum, and that came out in October of 88 on Adam H. Records. So they've got seven albums up to this point. Um, yeah, they I think they really only released things uh, in the late 80s and early 90s. Of course, they didn't disband formally until 03, but they really weren't doing much uh, throughout the late 90s or anything like that. Um, but yes, it's good to see that they're still going, even if it is with only uh, one original member. But uh, those first couple of albums are uh, are great. They kind of toe the line between like speed metal and thrash and somewhat death metal. I mean, the vocals are certainly gritty enough to where you could uh, you could possibly refer to them as a really early death metal band, but um, I don't think the music uh, is quite there. Uh, I think it's kind of more of a more of a speed metal thing, but just kind of an ugly, dirty, harsh version of that. But um, but yeah, it just has a real classic. 80s sound and I dig it. So here we go off of their 1988 debut Gollum. This is Protector with Apocalyptic Revelations. Yeah. 
right? That was Protector with Apocalyptic Revelations. Uh, you see what I mean? It's like, it's not really death metal, but it's not just kind of fallen into the thrash category either, but um, the vocals are just nice and filthy. So they kind of fit in with those, those 80s death metal originators, I would say. Um, Alright, we're jumping to Denmark now. This band's been around since 02, and they're kind of hard for me to classify. They don't, they're not, it seems like they're trying to be a black metal band, but when you listen to the music, it's not that. It's kind of not death metal either, but they use, you know, kind of some drum beats that you might hear on, you know, like, the first few uh, Entombed albums. So there's kind of some, there's a lot of death metal touches in there. But they just don't sound like a death metal band. They're kind of hard to, to place. But they fit somewhere somewhere in the gray area there between uh, black metal and death metal. They don't really have a real dark vibe about them. Um, and there's no, you know, keyboards or anything like that. It's all very guitar-driven and riff-driven. But um, it's just aggressive and kind of somewhat punkish at times. But... Um, yeah, it, it's a band that I don't know a ton about, I must admit. The band is Horned Almighty, and I've heard of them, um, but, you know, never really checked them out for, for quite a while, and um, I don't even remember what prompted me to this time, but I uh, thought it was pretty good. Um, it, but yeah, they're just kind of an interesting band, hard to hard to really pin down with a genre or subgenre, you know, exactly, but uh, but it is pretty good. So I wanted to share. So I'm going to play something off of their sixth album, their most recent one. It's called uh, To Fathom the Master's Grand Design. came out in January of 2020 through Scarlet Records. And yeah, so this is uh, kind of a good thick production and a pretty, pretty beefy sounding song here. So here we go off of the album To Fathom the Master's Grand Design. This is Horned Almighty with The Great Death.
right. That was Horned Almighty from Denmark with The Great Death. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty pummeling song. I dig it. We're jumping to Greece now. This band's been around since 01. It's a band that I recall seeing one of their CDs at the old Virgin Music Megastore at one of the local malls around here uh, back in the day. And I thought the cover looked pretty silly, but um, the band is called Dürdsferd, and they are Greek, but that is a Norwegian name. Um, that means Death's Journey, and um, they have been around a lot longer than I thought. I didn't know they were still going, but um, I follow the Transcending Obscurity um, Records Facebook page, and they are very good at promoting their new releases, and I saw... One of their uh, releases on the agenda for something that's coming out in 2021, and now it is out. So they actually just released this EP called Skodos on May 1st. Uh, they've got 10 albums up to this point, which is pretty crazy. I just, I don't know, they're just one of those bands that I hadn't really thought of since, you know, I was still in high school pretty much. But yeah, they've got 10 records now. Uh, their last one was in 2018. I'm not sure if they are like full-blown signed to Transcending Obscurity or if they just are the ones releasing this EP, I'm not sure, but the EP basically consists of some stuff that they've already released, um, but there are two new songs, original songs, at the beginning of the EP, so I'm going to play one of those, uh, one of the new things. So, yes, uh, it's pretty good. I mean, they're a pretty straight-up black metal band. Um, the stuff I had heard from way back, you know, when I was still in high school, pretty much, when I first saw their uh, their album, I think the album was Fucking Your Creation was the name of the record. But I did check it out back then and wasn't impressed. I didn't really like it at all. But um, this EP... And in particular, this song is actually uh, pretty good. It's a pretty good piece of black metal. But uh, yeah, pretty straightforward. But they've definitely uh, improved over the years. So, Off of their new Skodos EP, this is Dürdsferd with Cursed to Die at First Light.
right, that was Dürzfeld with Cursed to Die at First Light. Yeah, that's really good. That's miles ahead from uh, from their old stuff, for sure. Um, I haven't checked out much in between, because uh, like I said, I was pretty shocked to see that they were A, still around, and B, have released 10 albums up to this point. Because um, whenever I first heard of them, I want to say that was only their second record, uh, that uh, album, Fucking Your Creation. But yeah, they've come a long way, clearly. All right, we're jumping to the USA here out of my father's hometown of Yonkers, New York. A very, very good death metal band that's been around since 88. It's Immolation, and they are proudly from New York. And I love Immolation, and they've always been pretty unique. Old Bob Vigna and his riffs kind of stand alone uh, in the in the crowd, when it comes to death metal guitarists, I think his riffs are really, uh, really, really unique and powerful. And um, yeah, I first got into Immolation around the time of the Unholy Cult album. Uh, I had read about it in a like fanzine type thing that was printed on just gray paper, almost like newspaper. And it was just this folded up little thing that came with like a shirt that I had ordered on eBay. And I guess this guy had just made this this fanzine and decided to include an issue of it in with the package. And uh, it had all sorts of interviews and reviews of albums. And uh, I just remember reading his review about Unholy Cult and thinking, I need to check it out. (laughs) And it was excellent. I think it's still probably my favorite of theirs uh, to this day. But I will say that um, this album, Majesty and Decay, that came out in March of 2010, like I had kind of waned a little bit with my interest. Uh, it wasn't that I disliked the albums that they were putting out. I was just kind of distracted with other other releases. You know, I wasn't paying as much attention to Immolation. And then this album came out and uh, just pulled me right back in. I thought this was an excellent record. And then everything they've done since since then has been excellent as well. So they're really, really on a roll. Um, but yeah, the production on this one and the songs are just really intense. And I'm going to play one that actually starts off a bit slower. It's one of the slower ones on the record, but it's just really powerful. And uh, just has a really good mood to it. But, uh, but yes, this album, Majesty and Decay, like I said, came out in 2010. It's their eighth album. They've released uh, ten up to this point. But it was released through Nuclear Blast, and I think they may have even done a music video for this one. But um, but yeah, really good song, and one of my favorites off of this record. So here we go, off of Majesty and Decay, this is Immolation with A Glorious Epoch. <laughs>
Oh, that is nice. That was Immolation from New York with a glorious epoch. Such a good song and an excellent album that I still go back to on a regular basis. Um, all right, we're jumping back to Sweden here. This is a band that existed from 89 to 97, and then they reformed in 09, and they're still around today. There's uh, two original members in the band now. And they released one album in 91, and then that was it until they reformed. Uh, they've put out three more now uh, that came out in 2013, 2016, and 2019. So from the early days, from that original era, they just have the one album. Uh, the band is called Sorcery, and the album's called Blood Chilling Tales, and that came out through Underground Records. And yeah, the reason I wanted to play this is because I've never heard of them before, and... I feel like I've heard of most of the kind of classic old-school Swedish death metal bands from that time. And I've never heard of these guys at all. So, I kind of... I don't remember <laughs> what led me down this road uh, to begin with in terms of, of hearing about these guys, but then wanting to check it out. But uh, I'm going to play something off of the debut because, I mean, just... As far as the overall sound and production and everything like that, it does fit right in with those early 90s, you know, Swedish death metal uh, style. And uh, But yeah, I think there's probably a reason why I haven't really heard of these guys. The, the music is good, but it's not great. Like, it's not at the same level. It's a tier below some of the other bands, like your Dismember and Entombed and Grave and Unleashed and bands like that. Like, it's not at that level. It's uh, certainly more primitive but uh, just not quite as memorable, but still pretty cool. I mean, it's uh, it's still a good listen, but uh, I'm glad I checked it out. But yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of shocked that I had never heard of these guys before because I thought I was pretty well-versed in Swedish death metal, but uh, evidently not. There's always things to be learned here. So off of their 1991 debut, Blood Chilling Tales, this is Sorcery with Rivers of the Dead. <laughs>
There we go. That was Sorcery from Sweden with Rivers of the Dead. Certainly not bad, but uh, I kind of stand by that statement that it's still kind of a tier below kind of the, the big names in the Swedish scene. Uh, but yeah, certainly not bad. Certainly not bad. All right, we're jumping back to the USA here out of South Carolina. You don't say that too often. The only kind of bigger metal band I can think of out of South Carolina would be Nile. Uh, but this is not Nile. Um, this band has been around from 07 to 18. Uh, but in 2018, they kind of went on hold, I guess. And that is because the main man of this band, the guitarist and vocalist, his name is Dan Vadim Vaughn. He was selected to be the new second guitar player in Morbid Angel. So uh, I actually saw him live with Morbid Angel. Excellent guitar player, and he just looks cool and calm up there. Like it's just not even, uh, he's not even exerting himself. But uh, yes, he had his own band, which was uh, kind of like Van Halen. It was just his name, Vadim Vaughn. And um, I didn't really know anything about it. And it's kind of hard to come across because they only released one album. And then they did a, an EP in 2011. So they did the album in 08, then an EP in 2011. And I think they were part of a, a split release in 2012. And then that was it. But I'm pretty sure all of those things were released independently and uh, you can't really find a whole lot of their stuff. But uh, yeah, once I saw that he was uh, the new member of Morbid Angel, I of course wanted to look into his background and see what other stuff he had played on. And uh, so yeah, that led me to this. You really can't find much of their stuff, but this is out there on, uh, on YouTube, actually. But um, I'm going to play something off of their only full length. It's called Rise, Chaos, Infernal. came out in January of 08, and it was released independently, as I said. Uh, this has programmed drums on it. I believe they had an actual drummer for the EP and the split release, but at this point they did not have a uh, permanent drummer. So Dan uh, did the program drums as well. He did everything. I want to say this was a, a two-piece for this album, but I can't remember what the other member played. Maybe bass. So I think that uh, Dan probably did all the guitars and vocals and programmed the drums, if I remember correctly. But it's very fast, very intense death metal. Uh, kind of reminds me of, uh, there's a Polish band called Lost Soul. That's always been like that, where um, it sounds like Polish death metal, but it just sounds like it's just cranked the speed way up, and it's just relentless and never lets up, and that's kind of how this is. It's not my favorite. Like, it's it's pretty impressive, but I don't think I could listen to a full record of this. It's just too much. It's too intense <laughs> from start to finish, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a lot to, to take in from uh, the listener's uh, standpoint, but... Um, but yeah, I don't know if you're like me and you get curious like that and just kind of want to check out these other musicians and what their other projects were and things like that. I, I enjoy checking out that kind of stuff. So anyways, off of the debut album Rise, Chaos, Infernal, this is Vadim Vaughn with Manifestation. Oh, my God. 
Alright, there we go. That was Vadim Vaughn from South Carolina with Manifestation. It's really good, but it's just like so over-the-top intense and fast that it's like I, I couldn't listen to a full record of that, I don't think. But um, yeah, he writes some pretty good riffs, so I would be interested to see if he can contribute some riffs uh, to Morbid Angel in the future because I believe on the last record... Uh, he did participate in that record, but I think he just um, basically did a couple of solos, and that was it. All the other guitars were recorded by Trey. Um, so yeah, I'd be interested to, to see if he gets a little more involvement on the next one, whenever that may be. All right, we're staying in the USA here. We're jumping over to Arizona. This is a classic thrash band, Flotsam and Jetsam. Been around since 84, and uh, of course they're best known for having Jason Newstead in the band as their bass player and uh, main songwriter for the debut, and he even wrote uh, a few of the songs that ended up on their second album, No Place for Disgrace, but he uh, of course got uh, stolen away by Metallica, um, and yeah, I still really like Flotsam and Jetsam's catalog, like some people that really only think of them as as that, just the band that Jason Newstead used to play in, and that's all they really think of when they hear Flotsam and Jetsam. But uh, you're really doing yourself a disservice if you don't check out their entire discography, because they have put out some great records, and their sound evolved a lot. Um, like, the first three were straight-up kind of thrash albums, and then by the time they released their fourth album, called Quattro, they had kind of adapted with the times, and uh, it wasn't a grunge album or anything like that. It was still a metal record, but it was just more groove-based. And there's some great songs on there, and all throughout the 90s, they put out some great records. They, they weren't all awesome. Some of them were a little, you know, eh, they were just okay. But uh, they really came back around um, once Thrash kind of came back into favor, and they started writing some thrashy stuff again, and they had Jason Bittner had joined the band on drums. Of course, he uh, was the drummer in Shadows Fall and is now the drummer for uh, Overkill. So he actually left Flotsam and Jetsam because there was an opening for a drummer in Overkill, and that was always, as he said, it was like his dream gig to play for that band, so he wanted to audition, and he got the job. So he kind of hated to leave Flotsam and Jetsam, but he just couldn't pass it up. But, um... Yeah, now the current drummer, Ken Mary, he's a, he's a very good drummer. He played on the last album, and now they are putting out a new one here on June 4th. That's their 15th album overall. The album's called Blood in the Water through AFM Records, and um, they've really been working on this one for a long time, and everything got delayed uh, by the pandemic. I, I'm sure they were looking forward to releasing this last year, but they just kind of had to sit on it until the time was right. But uh, yeah, now they're finally releasing it. They've uh, released a couple of music videos and singles off of it up to this point. Um, I'm going to play the title track. It's the second single that they've released so far. I've said it before, but Eric A.K., the singer, his voice just doesn't seem to age. He's sounded exactly the same. He doesn't do the super high notes like he did back in the 80s, but I'd say since 92, he has sounded the exact same. It's amazing. Um, he looks rough. <laughs> he looks his age. He looks slightly homeless, but he sounds great. The whole band sounds great. Uh, the production is crystal clear, really punchy drums, and uh, yeah, this is shaping up to be uh, a really good record, just kind of following suit for their, their last couple since they've gotten thrashy again. Um, 
they've they those albums have been great and i trust that this one will be as well so off of their new album coming out june 4th this is flotsam and jetsam with blood in the water
Here we go. That's Flotsam and Jetsam with Blood in the Water. Definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, it's coming up here in just a couple of weeks. It's hard to believe it's already going to be June. We were so looking forward to uh, 2020 being over and done with, and now that we're into 2021, it's just flying by. Uh, all right. Let's jump back to Sweden here. This is a band that's been around since 07 and probably one of my favorite discoveries of the last five years. The band is Anguish. I first heard Anguish on uh, Fenris, on the old Radio Fenris podcast, which is, as you know, something that uh, greatly inspired me to even start doing this podcast. But um, I just love this band, and they're still kind of a very underground band. They're, they've, they're getting more popular with each release, but um, there's still a lot of people that have never heard of them, and it's a shame because they're excellent. They play... A brand of doom that is very just primitive and rough around the edges and ugly. It's not necessarily death doom. He kind of has a vocal style that's similar to kind of the way that Nocturnal Culto from Dark Throne has been singing for the last, you know, three or four records. Um, and it's perfect. I mean, it's, it's a perfect fit for the music. But the music is just very stripped down, primitive. The production is like clear, but still sounds, it sounds like a band in a room, which I love. It doesn't sound like a just pristine studio environment type thing. It just sounds like, sounds like you're sitting in the rehearsal room watching them play. And uh, I really dig that a lot. But um, they're about to release their fourth album in August through Sun and Moon Records. The uh, album's called Doomkvadit, and yeah, from what this new single shows, they've, I mean, they just keep improving from, from album to album. Um, their second album is probably still my favorite. The third album is, uh, is almost on par with it. It's almost there, but the second record, uh, Mountain Jewel, is uh, fantastic. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to this new one. It's got great cover art, and uh, this new single that they just released, uh, maybe about a week ago, um, is excellent. It just picks up right where the last one left off, and uh, really, really looking forward to this. I follow them on Facebook as well, and they've just been posting all kinds of pictures along the way of them, you know, rehearsing material and, and recording and stuff like that, so I kind of I knew it was coming, but um, yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited for it, so... Off of their new record coming out August 1st, this is Anguish with Consumed by the Necro Doom. Great title.
go so good that's anguish from sweden with consumed by the necro doom yeah i just love their brand of of doom metal that they're playing uh to see them tour with a band like dread sovereign or something like that would be uh would be a dream that would be a perfect fit uh all right we're gonna keep on dooming it out here we're jumping back to denmark this band's been around since 93 they've gone through several lineup changes but they still have a couple of original members left the band is saturnus and they have released a lot of really big dramatic sounding um slow slow doom metal almost like shapes of despair that same type of vibe it kind of borders on gothic sounding but not quite but uh, it's that same type of just very slow i don't know if you'd call it funeral doom per se but it just kind of uh, has a, a bit of a dramatic flair to it but um they have put out some great stuff that you know having been around since 93 they're not the most prolific they've only released uh, four full-length albums up to this point uh, i'm gonna play something off of what is arguably probably their most popular the album's called Veronica Decides to Die, and it came out in May of 2006 through Firebox Records. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. It just kind of fits right in with that, like, Shapes of Despair type of sound. And um, what can I say? I love me some Doom. So we're, we're chasing Doom with more Doom. So here we go from Denmark off of the album Veronica Decides to Die. This is Saturnus with Rain Wash Me.
Saturnus from Denmark with Rain Wash Me. Really, really good Doom band, and that was a really nice one-two punch there. Some back-to-back, back-to-back Doom. All right, we have reached that point where I need to announce the final song of the episode. I want to thank all of you for listening, and thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Uh, if you want to tell anyone where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app, or the entire catalog of episodes is on Spotify, so you can find it and follow it there. Uh, any sort of feedback or questions or recommendations or anything like that, uh, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of uh, news or information or questions for you, the audience, uh, it's all going to be posted there. So... Um, I might even do like a poll question or something like that to uh, see, you know, what you guys think I should do for the 100th episode whenever that comes. 
won't be long now. I kind of want to do something special, but I don't know what yet. But yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So, all right. Let's announce this tune here. So, the band Dor de Du from Romania. They've been around since 2009. Um, they released an album in 2012 that was amazing. I own it on CD and just really unique. And um, I just think it's an excellent debut. Of course, uh, those guys were already, you know, seasoned musicians from their time in uh, Nagura Bunjet. But uh, yes, since forming Dor de Du, they have not really been that prolific. Um, at one point, I think the band even went on hold. One of the members had a, a child, took some time off uh, just to be a dad, you know, and uh, try to just maybe get reinvigorated a little bit for the music. And then they finally kind of resumed a couple years ago um, and started working on a follow-up album. So now that album is out. It's their first album in nine years. It's called Har, H-A-R. Came out on uh, May 14th, so it's still very fresh. Um, I had already played one of the other singles on an uh, earlier episode of the podcast, maybe ooh, three or four episodes ago. Um, played a single off of it, and uh, now the whole thing is out, and I've listened to it several times, and it's really good. And it has already been penciled in on my uh, end of the year um, albums of the year list. It's that good. Um, it's just so vibrant and unique, and it was just worth the wait. I don't know how they come up with this stuff. I just can't uh, fathom how they pulled some of these ideas out of their head. But um, really good record. Uh, better production than the debut. It's much thicker and uh, punchier. They just had a really good mix and master this time around. But um, I'm going to play. It's a longer song, but it's a... Uh, it's the opening track from the album, and it just definitely sets the tone for what is in, you're in store for <laughs> with the rest of the uh, rest of the album. So, much to my surprise, this song title is actually pronounced uh, the way it's spelled. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna actually give it a shot here. Um, but yes, off of their second album, Har, this is Dor de Du with Timpul in Taylor. Pretty good, right? Do I sound Romanian? I don't know. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. 